We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN Update presented by our good friends at DraftKings. My name is Tucker Franklin. I'm the podcast producer and content manager here at KC Sports Network, and we have a great show lined up for you. One of my favorite guys just to talk football with, Matt Hamilton, is going to hop on and join me to talk about this Texans-Chiefs matchup, get some of the things he's looking for, talk about some of the storylines heading into this uh, Chiefs-Texans matchup. Listen, on paper, it doesn't look very good, but I think there's a lot of things that, that you can specifically hone in, specifically watch for to see uh, you know, how the Chiefs have improved or how the Chiefs are improving. We dive into that a whole lot. We talk about the Chiefs-Broncos, obviously, and also get his thoughts on what's going on elsewhere in the NFL as Matt is all over uh, things going on in the NFL with FanDuel TV and the Up and Adams show on air and a producer for them there at Up and Adams. Good friends over there at Up and Adams. But uh, let's not wait. Let's not get. Let's not delay any further. I got to get you into my conversation with Matt. But first, before I get you into that conversation, I've got to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And listen, they're my go-to when betting on NFL this holiday season. They've got the same game parlays, easy and fast playouts, player, player prop options, anything you can think of, they've got it. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, and the bigger your shot to win big. I love doing the same-game parlays, and their boosts make me feel like I've always got a chance of, of hitting it big. And here's what you got to do. you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, use code KCSN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. 
All right, Matt, thank you for joining me. So stoked to have you back. We had you on talking Jaguars. Now we got another marquee matchup for you with the uh, Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs. Fun fact, I don't know if you know this. I saw this, uh, I believe it was on Twitter. I can't remember who I uh, who I saw this from. I got to be better at like, screenshotting these tweets so I can remember who they come from. But this will be the first time Patrick Mahomes has played in Texas since college, um, which seems kind of crazy to think about, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of mind-blowing. He's been in the league for a while now, so... Uh... That's that's pretty shocking. Yeah, the one time they played the Cowboys, it was in Kansas City. I remember it was a big deal. A lot of people from Dallas came up to Kansas City. That, that There's a lot of Cowboys fans in, in Kansas City. There's just a lot of Cowboys fans everywhere, right? Um, but mm. that was that was a big deal. But, I mean, the only other team they could have played, the Texans they've played in Kansas City. I was at that game when they played them. They obviously played the Texans in, in the playoffs. But, I mean, that – I mean, it tracks. It's kind of crazy to think about, though. The last time he was there was like 2015, maybe? Or 2017? Yeah, crazy. It was the 2016 season, right? Yeah. Because he was drafted mm-hmm. in 2017. That's, that's, really, that's really crazy. I mean, I guess they played – he didn't start that game. They played that game in 2017 in Dallas. Um, that's right, but yeah. But he didn't start. So, yeah. So, he didn't, he didn't see the, yeah, any, any time in that game. That's, that's, that's a wild stat. Hard to believe. <laughs> that's the uh, – that was the Hill Mary in that, in that Cowboys game. That's what I yes. remember that game for most. It seems like that – after that, that was kind of revolutionized. Like, I feel like more teams tried, started to try that after they did with Tyreek yeah. Hill. Obviously, teams don't have Tyreek Hill, uh, and it's a yeah. lot easier to do it with that guy. But, um, no, I, I do remember that game. The Chiefs lost that game, but I will always remember that game uh, for that. But we're not here to talk about uh, games of the past. We're here to talk about games of the future, uh, Matt. But, actually, before we fully turn the page on the Broncos game, listen, I've been on record saying a win's a win. Divisional game in December – you're going to take those wins however you can get them. Mike Allen and Jeff DeVito on the one-on-one podcast, we're talking about uh, – I said Mike Allen and Jeff DeVito. I flipped their names. Jeff Allen, Mike DeVito. Uh, we're talking about how, listen, just because these teams are bad doesn't mean they're going to roll over for you. Just because you're you're the Kansas City Chiefs coming into town doesn't mean these teams are going to roll over for you. These teams are going to get up. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game and, and kind of the big storylines from it? I mean, obviously, we saw the Chiefs' offense do some incredible things in that game. They put up a lot of points. Mahomes did, you know, did what Mahomes does. He made some magical plays. Uh, of course, you're a little concerned about the defense when you give up points like that, especially against an offense that struggled as much as the Broncos have. Uh, but overall, I think it was a case when you look at how that game played out. The Chiefs built that enormous lead early, and I think just human nature, you lose focus a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Guys start playing, trying to rack up stats. They get a little bit undisciplined, and I, I think that's what we saw from this Chiefs defense a little bit. And the Broncos do have talent on that offense. It's not, you know, it's it's been shocking that they haven't been able to score points because they have so many talented players. So uh, you saw them gain a little confidence and start, you know, making some things work. Jerry Judy was fantastic. Um yeah, I don't. I don't think it's anything that you that you're going to get super concerned about. Uh, but obviously, it's it's a little bit of a lesson to learn going forward. The Chiefs should know better than anybody else. No lead in this league is safe, and you got to keep you got to keep your foot on the gas and and keep playing. You know, keep playing the type of football that gets you that lead in the first place. Right, and I think a lot of people like to focus on uh, the Chiefs' defense allowing the most points that the Denver Broncos have have, have scored all year. You got to kind of flip it, look at the positive side a little bit. That's the most points that that Denver defense has allowed all season as well. 
Um, and, and you talked about the mental ability, the mental side of it, the human nature side of things of getting out to a 27 point lead. Listen, if you would have told me that was going to be the case, I wouldn't have believed you. I don't think I, th- I thought the game was going to be kind of an ugly, like 17, uh, seven type of game, just because it seems like all the games the Broncos are in are ugly like that. So I thought that, you know, with the chiefs, uh, rapport of playing down to kind of the competition that was going to kind of come through in that, but they came out firing. They came out looking good. The offense looked good. Uh, the chiefs settled for a couple field goals early, but then ended up ultimately scoring touchdowns. So I think there are some positives to take away as much as chiefs fans were upset after the game. I think there's plenty of positives to take away from it. Yeah, definitely. And as bad as the Broncos have been this year, and when you look at the overall record and their their inability to finish and win games, they haven't really gotten blown out. I think there's only one game yeah. that that they lost by double digits all season. So they've they've hung tough. They fought. That defense is an elite unit. And when you can put up points like that on them, I think you, you chalk it up overall. You you have to chalk it up as a positive. I have to bring this up because you talk about how close their games have been, the one-possession games. I got sent this tweet from Christian Gumminger. This is from, uh, let's see, Kelly Ford, and this is the what-if NFL standings. If all of the one-possession games were flipped in the other way, right? So for all the other teams, if you take the one-possession games, change the results of the other team winning. The Broncos, now this was this was tweeted out on December 6th, so a couple weeks ago, the Broncos would have been in a playoff spot. They would have been 7-5 and five in the seventh seed in, in the AFC. So it's just something to, something to take from this from this Broncos team. I talked to Benjamin Albright last week about this uh, Broncos team, how it's just everything's just kind of been out of sync on the offensive side of the ball. There's, and, and I asked him, I said, well, you know, what's kind of one thing that you put your finger on that, like, what's gone wrong for this Broncos offense? He's like, there isn't just one thing that you can put your finger on, and that's kind of been the problem. Um, you know, yeah. if, if Russell Wilson's been going, the running backs are fumbling the ball. The offensive line coverage hasn't been good. Tim Patrick tears his ACL early in the season. Garrett Bowles goes out for the rest of the season. It's been a catastrophic year in Denver. And he said that he thinks Nathaniel Hackett will be gone after this season. Um, I'm wow. curious to – yeah, yeah. I thought – I was kind of shocked by that as well just because of what first-year head coach and – only giving him one year with Russell Wilson. He said that could possibly be almost the death sentence for him is giving him Russell Wilson, giving him those expectations, no real leeway uh, for him to kind of build up into an offensive. Uh, he's obviously off a great offensive coordinator in green Bay. Hasn't really found that stride in, in just timing and everything in, in Denver. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you have those type of expectations, I mean, it is surprising. You don't see it happen often where a guy, where a head coach is one and done, but it has been yeah. so disastrous. And when you make a, a take a swing like that and go get a Russell Wilson, and it's and it's this much of a flop, you know, and and especially Hackett's had some questionable decisions. I mean, I get mm-hmm. it; it's it, it's tough, but but I get it. It's been it's been such a disaster there. It has been another team that hasn't had quite a great year either. Uh, is the Houston Texans? They're sitting in last place of the AFC South. It's known that the Chiefs have struggles against teams from the AFC South. Um, I don't know what it is with this conference. They play really good against teams from the NFC North or N- NFC West because uh, they've played really good against the uh, the Cardinals, uh, the Niners. They got the Seahawks still left on the schedule. They played well against the Rams, uh, but looking at their their uh, their uh, record of one eleven and one. Uh, coming, going, uh, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they are, they've got some injuries as well. Um, but I want to get your your just initial thoughts on this Houston Texans team, Matt. I mean, it's it, it's been a brutal year, and uh, this is a team. I mean, we kind of knew coming into the season. There's not a ton of talent on that roster. They're trying to figure out what they have at quarterback. Davis Mills 
has shown some promising things. You know, last year he was he was one of the better rookie quarterbacks that we saw in a in a loaded group of rookie QBs. Uh, he 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 jumped out. He hasn't really taken that jump forward this year. Uh, there's just a lot of dysfunction across the board there. Um, they've had some bright spots running back. Damian Pierce, uh, has been fantastic. He's been a breath of fresh air there, but now he's injured. Uh, the Brandon cook situation and, and his discontent wanting to be traded, not being traded. Uh, there's just there, they've been a dysfunctional team and it's been, you know, it's been building to this point for a couple of years, uh, on the positive side for them, as they look forward to build this, to build this franchise back up they have a lot of draft picks um they have that browns first round pick from the deshaun watson trade they're probably going to have the number one overall pick as well um you know so i think this is an organization with its sights set towards the future but at the same time you saw them battle the dallas cowboys last week and it took yeah. almost a miracle for the cowboys to win that game with the position they were put in they needed the goal line stand and then a 98 yard touchdown drive to beat this team so uh, the guys out there, they know they're auditioning, whether it's a, a job with the Texans next year or somewhere else in the league. Those guys all know they're auditioning. And uh, you can't take any team in the NFL lightly, as cliche as it may sound. The Texans showed that last week. You, no one's going to walk in there and just roll over them if you're not executing. Yeah. For sure. And they had a really good rookie draft. I think their draft last year was was very good. They got some very good players in that draft. Looking at kind of the draft order now. They are slated for that number one spot. They've got they're gonna have two top fifteen picks. You know, if everything holds right now, if the season ended right now, Cleveland is a top fifteen pick right now. Um, so that's good for the franchise moving forward to have two two uh, top fifteen picks and everything like that. But I do want to talk about uh, the guys we're gonna be seeing on the field and guys who we couldn't be seeing on the field because the injury report for the Texans is is very interesting. This is, comes from Aaron Wilson from what he saw at practice on, on Thursday. Laramie Tunsil did not practice on Wednesday, but he was back out there. Uh, he's dealing with an illness. You know, flu's going around like crazy, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was something like that. Uh, Brandon Cooks was back at practice, though. Um, but good for the good for the Texans. He was all, I think he was out with Nico Collins in that, in that Dallas Cowboys game, which yep. – Crazy for them to be in that game as close as they were without those two guys. Nico Collins still not practicing um, as well, as well as uh, Derek Stingley Jr., uh, offensive guard Justin McCray, cornerback Steven Nelson, who's familiar with him, and running back Damian Pierce, high ankle sprain. Could be a huge blow if Damian Pierce doesn't play. Yeah, and that's the big one because he's been the driving force for this offense all year. Right. He's been pretty much the only bright spot on this on this entire team all year. So to lose him would, is a massive blow, and it really doesn't look like he's going to play. But it was interesting last week against Dallas with with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins out. We saw some guys step up. Wide receiver Chris Moore had a 100-yard game. Amari Rogers, who you may remember as the, the third-round pick of the Green Bay Packers, who they cut midseason, scored his first career touchdown uh, and had a few moments in that game. So um, they got some things out of these other younger receivers. And again, it's guys that are hungry, guys that know they may not have a ton of chances left to prove things in this league. And th those type of players are always dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup. I think it's one of those things where we talk about the Chiefs are going to get the Texas best shot, right? Um, so that's I, I do hope we get to see Derek Stingley play. Um, he was one of my favorites coming out of the draft. Um, He's a good football player, and they've got a they do have a lot of good young talent on this team. Excited to see how they develop. And Damian Pierce, as you mentioned, stud. I mean, I, I don't know how we didn't see this uh, out of him in Florida. Uh, they've been able to find something in him in, in Houston that they found. 
Uh, they, they didn't want to give him the ball at Florida. It was amazing when you look at his touches versus yeah. uh, the the level of production. It was it, it was it was mind blowing that they didn't want to give that guy the ball because every time he touched it, something electric happened. Um, and it's it, I don't know. I think Florida fans are still scratching their heads over that one. <laughs> no wonder they had a new head coach. Um, yep. <laughs> it makes makes sense. But let's uh, let's start to dive into kind of what you're looking forward to in this game. Uh, what do you got your eyes on kind of in this matchup? Yeah, so I think from the Chiefs' perspective, I think this defense has to have a little bit of a chip on its shoulder. They've been questioned after their performances over the last couple of weeks, and I think they have a lot to prove. And you're going up against an offense that's struggling, uh, that hasn't been great all year, that's missing its best player and potentially its its best three players. And uh, that's a game you expect to dominate. And, you know, we saw the Cowboys – you know, the Cowboys have some issues against them um, coming off of a big win uh, against the Colts in which they made a lot of big plays. I don't know, you know, again, I don't know if it was a lack of focus if they took the Texans lightly, but, um, but you want to see the chiefs come in here and really take advantage of the opportunity to show, Hey, uh, this defense isn't a weakness on this team. This defense can shut opponents down. They can make big plays and uh you know, kind of quiet down some of the doubt that's been riled up over the last couple of weeks after a couple of rough performances. So that's that's the biggest takeaway uh, that I'm looking for from this game. How does the Chiefs defense respond to being called into question a little bit over these last few weeks? Yeah, I, I agree. The Chiefs defensive front did a really good job getting after Russell Wilson and really Brett Ripon too. Brett Ripon, uh, too. Uh, whenever whatever quarterback was in the game, they were getting after him, and that, that's really encouraging to see. I think moving forward, especially against a, a team where Laramie Tunsil's been playing like the best left tackle in the game. Um, I think PFF has him as their highest rated left tackle, and he's been doing uh, great things this season uh, for for the Texans. So I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of looking at that that defensive line, that kind of matchup, and they're going to be without offensive guard Justin McCray. Could be without, I should say. Could be without Justin McCray. Um, could be a big piece in the interior, especially with Chris Jones in there. You're going to you're gonna want to put Chris Jones on a guy who's who's a rookie or a guy who hasn't gotten many snaps this year. You're going to find ways to put put Chris Jones on that guy. For sure. And, uh, and yeah, I think uh... – you're right. I'm glad you pointed out the, the job that the Chiefs fronted in that Broncos game was exceptional. Um, I think that's the, that's the one part of the defense I think you know you don't have to worry about. They've got they've got some great players up there. They're very difficult to block. Uh, it's the strength of this defense. I think you want to see it out of this this young secondary. Uh, I think is where you really want to see the improvement over these over this last month of the season. And this is a great place to start. Yeah. For sure. Um, another thing, I don't know. I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but I kind of want to jump to jump to it now. Uh, you talk about the secondary. You're going to talk about the quarterback for the other team. They're going to run a two quarterback system. I think that they've been very open of saying like, "Hey, we're going to run with." Uh, I believe it's Jeff Driscoll and, and Davis Mills uh, here. So, yeah. I, what do you think about the system that they, they're going to implement here? I- I loved it last week. It gave the Cowboys some issues because uh, Davis Mills is is the pocket passer. Um, he's an accurate guy. Doesn't have maybe the biggest arm, but he's accurate. Um, you know, he, he, he's solid in the pocket. And then you bring in Jeff Driscoll, who's kind of the change of pace, run those zone reads with him. He's a mobile guy. He can run around and make some things happen. Um, so it was, it, it was cool to see, and it worked out pretty well, um, and gave the Cowboys some issues. Um, you know, I think you got a week of it on tape though. Now 
So, yeah. and you kind of know how they're going to use both of those guys. And you saw it as the game progressed, uh, especially on that goal line stand. The Cowboys knew, hey, Driscoll's in the game here. They're going to run some type of zone read, some type of read option. We have to be disciplined and account for the quarterback. Um, and they did it and were able to get that big goal line stop as a result. So the Texans kind of lose that element of surprise now that they might have had over the Cowboys. And uh, I expect the Chiefs to, to be able to handle that pretty, you know, I don't want to say easily, but I, th- I I would expect them to handle it. And as you mentioned, too, they're coming off a game where uh, their abilities are being called into question. I don't think that you've got to worry about motivation too much with this Chiefs team. Uh, these players will find chips wherever they, that they can. Um, I'm excited to see kind of how the Chiefs defense plays against it. Steve Spagnuolo has been scheming up a lot of blitzes. I wonder if the blitzes come, in, come into play, uh, but um, – Matt, let's talk about another thing that you got your eyes on. Uh, what, are you, what are you thinking in this game? Uh, so I'm also going to look, can the Texans get any type of run game established at all, especially with Damian Pierce out? They have Rex Burkhead. Uh, they have Dara Gumbawale, the former Jaguar. There's not a lot. You know, we've seen those guys have some moments in this league. They're solid veterans. There's nothing that really scares you, I think, when you look at that running back group. Um, but that's kind of – that's where we've seen this team have some successes here is with their ability to run the football. If they're not able to do that, especially with the injuries in the receiving core, it's going to be really hard for them to move the ball. For sure. And, and I think that the Chiefs uh, defense, we talked about the front uh, being so good in the pass rush, but they've got some guys up front. Uh, Colin Saunders has been playing really re- really well in the run game. Try to say that five times fast. Um, and they've got... <laughs> They just signed Brandon Williams, who is a is a space eater, a dude that, that can get after. He got a sack in, in last week's game, but he's also a guy who's traditionally good against the run, Derek Nadi. They've got guys up front that can really stuff the run, especially in the middle. Um, I did see that the, that the Texans do like to run a lot of zone schemes um, in, in terms of uh, how they like to, to scheme things up. Uh, I think Brett Coleman talked about that on yesterday's KCS uh, and update, but I'll be interested to see how the Chiefs defense kind of combats that. And you're right, if they can get a running game going, it's going to be – it's going to be interesting for Chiefs fans if they can find some success on the ground. That makes them a little bit more multiple when it comes to, especially with the two-quarterback system, what they can do and, and what areas they can they can kind of beat the Chiefs in. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, Matt. Let's talk about this offense for the Kansas City Chiefs. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about the offense. Kind of crazy that we didn't talk about the offense first in this <laughs> matchup and, and Patrick Mahomes. But uh, what are your first thoughts on this offense and kind of what are you looking for them to do in this game? Yeah, I mean, obviously we want to see who's healthy. I know there's a chance that Hardman might be back out there. We'll see what's going on with Kadarius Tony. That hamstring just continues to be an issue and it has been for almost two years now uh, going back to his time with the Giants. So We'll see that. Obviously, if those guys are back, I, I can't wait to see what they're able to bring because I think, you know, we've seen what Mahomes has been able to make happen with this offense when it hasn't been at full strength. But I think when you get those two guys back, you want to see kind of what this offense is going to look like going into that playoff run, uh, you know, a full octane version. It's hard, it's scary to think that, like, we haven't been seeing the full octane version of this offense. Um but yeah, it'd be great to see those guys back out there and, and kind of this whole unit come together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what we've been seeing out of this offense is special. Um, as you mentioned, Derek Stingley Jr. may or may not play. He's been kind of a he, – he can be a difference maker out there. I think he's going to be a phenomenal corner in this league. Um, but yeah, it's uh, – you know, again, you're playing a team that has the record that the Texans do. You expect to do a lot of big things. You expect to put up a lot of big points. And, um, you know, I think you just hope as an offense you don't press too much. You keep making the reads you're supposed to make. Again, Mahomes has made these phenomenal plays happen out of nothing. But the main reason for his success is he's taking what's there. He's taking what the defense is giving him. And uh, I want to see him continue to do that and not look at this like, oh, we're playing a one-win team. Let me go try to, you know – throw the ball over the yard and, and do some crazy stuff. Let, let's keep running our offense the way that it's been working and uh, fine tune some things here as, as we go down the stretch run. Absolutely. And looking at the injury report for the Texans, Lee Collins, Jerry Hughes didn't practice on Wednesday, but they've got a veteran rest rest day on Wednesday. No big deal. They'll be back. They'll be playing. Um, those are two big guys. I know Chiefs Kingdom was talking about Jerry Hughes towards the trade deadline. Like, hey, maybe you could trade for that guy. That's a team that hasn't won very many games. Maybe looking to offload a contract. Um, could be a could be a spot in Kansas City for Jerry Hughes. Obviously, the Chiefs didn't make any uh, defensive line moves at the trade deadline. They brought in Kadarius Tony, who Andy Reid. It just uh, just saw this from his press availability. Said that everybody practiced. Um, now we don't know what capacity everybody practiced in but Andy Reid said that everyone practiced everyone got work in um Kadarius Tony I believe was limited on Wednesday as well as McCall Hardman and they kind of need that lateral ability in their offense we've kind of seen that especially in the red zone that's been a big topic on KCSM we've talked about it a lot I wonder I want to get your thoughts on kind of the lateral kind of jet sweep motions with Kadarius Tony McCall Hardman having those guys out and kind of what it would mean to have those guys back yeah, you're right. That's been such a big part of the Chiefs offense, uh, especially this year when we've seen it working. And and those guys uh, are both incredibly dangerous with the ball in their hands, whether it's on the jet sweeps, whether it's on uh, bubble screens, things like that. 
Um, and they also, you know, Hardman's also a guy that could take the top off the defense. So you have both yeah. of those elements that have been missing the vertical and the lateral stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- you're not going to see this offense really running the way it's designed to run uh, when you don't have that element there. And, and there's really with, with both of those guys out, there's really no one that brings that ability. You know, Juju um, seen as a good route runner tough makes those catches over the middle of the field, but that element isn't in his game. Valdez Scantling is a burner, but it's very much straight line vertical type of speed. Um, so that is an element that has been sorely missed. And uh, I just think if you're, if you're the chiefs, not again, not that you take any game lightly, it's the NFL. Um, but if Hardman and Tony aren't feeling tremendous, right. you, you seen, you can still put up a ton of points offensively without them. I would, uh, I would give them another week unless they're feeling a hundred percent because this is a game, you know, there's no excuses. You have to be able to win this game, whether you have those guys out there or not. So, um, you know, I think you look at some of the other games on the schedule and and you want to get healthy here down the stretch run. You want to get that one seed, but you want to get healthy as you hit the postseason and hit your stride at the perfect time. Right. Four games left in the season. This is obviously one of them. The Texans, um, but they got the, the Seahawks and then two divisional games to end out the season with the Broncos and the Raiders. By that time, the Chiefs will probably all, well, the Chiefs will beat the Texans this week, right? And they'll have the AFC West locked up, but they're in the hunt for the, for the AFC. And you look at the yeah. schedules. We, I mean, you guys have talked about it on the breakdown. We've talked about it on KCS and update. Everyone's well aware that the bills have a tougher schedule down the stretch than the Chiefs do. Chiefs have got to – I think the Seahawks is probably their toughest game left, I'd say. Um, if not, you know, maybe the Raiders. That's in Vegas. You know, it's one of those games where it could matter a whole lot to the Raiders more than it matters to the Chiefs. Um, but also it could. It could it could be a Week 18 game uh, where you've got to play your play your starters and, and hope that you can get that first seed in the AFC West or AFC in, in general. Um, so I'm going to be really uh, curious to see how they handle – we know that Andy Reid likes to ease guys back off of the injured reserve. There's no need to rush McCool Hardman or um, Darius Tony back, especially with soft tissue injuries. Uh, McCool Hardman's was an ab injury, um, which is was kind of an, uh, an odd situation. They actually categorized it as an abdominal illness. Um, so not sure what that could be. Maybe he got like his, is it the, like the uh, what is it? Kid, not kidney, pancreas taken Appendix. out? Something like that? Appendix. There you go. Maybe he got one of those things. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see their schedule coming up and it's like, okay, you don't have to rush back for this Texans game. Like this is not a yeah. game that you're rushing back for. Yeah. And I do think more, uh, more likely than not that Raiders game in week 18 probably is still going to matter for the chiefs because yeah, the only way it wouldn't is if the chiefs go three and over these next three weeks and the bills drop two games. Right. Because remember, the Chiefs the Chiefs don't have that tiebreaker over Buffalo, so they have to beat them outright. Right now they have the same record. So um, I think when you really look at how the most likely scenario is that they're going to need that Week 18 game to try to get that by. And uh, as we saw, the Raiders are not going to be an easy team for them. They played them really tough that first time around. I would expect them to do the same. I know they've been – maybe an even more confusing team than the Denver Broncos with how they've played this year. Uh, but they're still, you know, they, they give everybody a tough time. Yeah, they do. And they've got the, the bills have the dolphins this week could be an opportunity for the chiefs to go up a game. Dolphins have already beat the bills, but 
that was in Miami when it was like I was really hot. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly in that game. It, oh, um, it was, and uh, and yeah. Tua was playing with a lot more confidence then. He's had a rough couple of weeks, so um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a big test. It's going to be a big test for uh, for the Dolphins, and uh, you know, I I would expect the Bills to probably take care of that game with it being in Buffalo. I think I saw Tua said that it snows in Alabama. Um, is what he said. Um, probably not like Western New York, I would assume. Uh, probably yeah. not like that. Uh, but you know, we'll see how that game shakes out. Uh, Matt, before I let you go, I need to get your predictions, your kind of your thoughts for this game. Uh, for me, I think the expectation for this game should kind of, I think Chiefs should fans should set a low bar for it, right? It's going to be a game where if the Chiefs come out with a win, that's all. That's all the Chiefs need at this point. I don't want to see them go out and do style points. I don't think Andy Reid's going to go out and show a whole lot in the playbook. It's going to be one of those bare bones games. It's going to be one of those games where uh, they just get get what they need done. That's going to be what this game is going to be all about. That's kind of my expectations for. It. What are you thinking about it? Yeah, I kind of see it the same way. You also want to get out of it healthy, and I, I think you want to try to get out. You know build a big lead early and, and maybe you can give some guys a rest uh, down the stretch. I'm thinking yeah. like a 34 to 17 type of game chiefs kind of keep it, get out to an early, a good early start, keep a comfortable distance and close it out and, and hopefully get uh, you know, get some more guys in the game, give some of those yeah. starters a little bit of a rest and, and get out of it healthy. That's all you hope at this point. The DraftKings line set for this game is at 14, 14 points uh, in this game. I know, Folks elsewhere have it have it a different, but fourteen points. You think they cover that? Yeah, I think they do. Uh, uh, you know, I think uh, especially with what the Texans are dealing with from an injury standpoint, I think uh, I, I think I feel pretty comfortable that the Chiefs will will cover that as as aggressive as a line as that is. <laughs> that is aggressive. Anytime I see a line that's double digits in the NFL, I kind of start to lick my lips, right? Because I'm like, oh, that's free yeah. money right there. Because uh, <laughs> all these NFL games never come down, never two score games. It's always a one score game in the NFL. But um, I, I think that the Chiefs do take care of business. I'm not so sure on that over 49 and a half, though. Um, they got to have the Texans contribute a little bit for that over to hit, yeah. um, which is which is kind of a, a big thing. Um, but Matt, I appreciate you joining me and, and talking about the Texans. Uh, I promise I'll get you on for a good matchup. Uh, for a matchup with, with, a, with two good teams eventually at one point. Tucker, as long as you're involved, I always have a good time. We get to be, you know, we can be talking about the Texans or, you know, we, we can go into college next. Uh, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'll, I'll be here. Whatever you want to have me on, I'll be here. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Well, let, let's people know where they can find you and, and find your work at. Uh, so you can find me on uh, on FanDuel TV. I'm producer and on air for, for the Up and Adam show. Uh, and obviously right here on Kansas City Sports Network, I'm with Matt Castle, our show The Breakdown. Uh, we come out every week. We break down uh, what's happened in the Chiefs' previous matchup. We really dig into the coaching tape and then look ahead to the upcoming opponents and what's going on throughout the, uh, the bigger storylines with the team and kind of break some of that stuff down as well. So, uh, no, I appreciate you having me, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, sitting down and chatting with you again at some point soon. 
Absolutely. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you can find Matt Hamilton and Matt Castle's podcast on this same very channel that you're listening to this on. You just scroll down a little bit. I think it's a couple episodes down. You can find uh, their episode. Very good stuff breaking down the good and the bad from Patrick Mahomes' performance against the Broncos. There were a couple interceptions. They break down one of the interceptions as well as two of the absolute insane plays that Patrick Mahomes makes uh, in that game. So great episode. You make sure to go check them out. That is going to do it for today's episode of KCS and Update. Thank you so much for joining Matt and I. I will be back next week to to talk about uh, the the Chiefs game against the Seahawks. It'll be a very good game, very good matchup. I'm excited for it. Geno Smith train is alive and well. It's still it's still running, it's still pumping. He's got to be the comeback player of the year, right, Matt? I think so. I mean, what he's done this year is just it's an incredible story, and uh, I'm excited. We'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good one because that Seahawks offense is rolling. It is it is it'll be it'll be a good matchup maybe the last good matchup that the chiefs have on the schedule um but we will see divisional games always you never know everything's up in the air just trying to stay healthy this time of year trying to stay healthy get to the playoffs but uh tomorrow bj kiss will be with trevor sikama as you know on fridays trevor comes on gives his three key matchups for the game i'll be back next week so until next time i'll see you later thanks for listening to kc sports network Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.